0: Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the July 12th, Wednesday, reading of the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. Southwest Airlines, To Begin Service from Colorado Springs to Long Beach. Written by Odell Isaac. Give your input on the Housing Needs Assessment Survey. Get to Know Your City. Written by Kristen Higginbotham. Chef Barry DeKake to Open Restaurant in Chamonix Casino and Hotel. Written by Pat Hill. Cog Railway Offering First Ever Sunrise Train Ride with a benefit cause, and following up with miscellaneous articles. Our first article is entitled Southwest Airlines to Begin Service from Colorado Springs to Long Beach, written by Odell Isaac. Southwest Airlines new service from Colorado Springs to Long Beach, California took off on July 11. The new route announced in February is the latest addition to the Colorado Springs Airport's nonstop flight offerings. In May, Avello Airlines began service from Colorado Springs to Burbank, California, 3 days a week. In June, low-cost carrier Sun Country Airlines began nonstop seasonal flights on Thursdays and Sundays between Colorado Springs and Minneapolis-St. Paul. Those flights will continue until August 31. Also in June, Delta Airlines began offering a nonstop daily flight to Minneapolis, a route that is expected to continue until September 4, after which the carrier will shift to a once-weekly run on Saturdays through the end of November. Delta has also resumed a once-daily nonstop flight to Atlanta. Atlanta. With the addition this year of Avello and Sun Country, six airlines now serve the Colorado Springs Airport. Frontier Airlines ended its service out of the Springs Airport last fall. The airport is beginning a three-year, $33 million passenger terminal modernization project as it prepares to add more flights, carriers, and passengers. The project will include a number of improvements designed to make the 29-year-old airport more sustainable and more accessible to travelers with disabilities, officials said. The next article is entitled, Give Your Input on the Housing Needs Assessment Survey, Get to Know Your City, written by Kristen Higginbotham. As small communities continue to grow and evolve, it becomes essential to address the housing needs of their residents effectively. With limited housing options, residents grapple with rising costs, overcrowding, and a growing urgency to address this critical issue. A housing needs assessment survey will serve as a powerful tool for understanding the scope of the problem and formulating strategies to effectively meet the community's housing needs. In the fall of 2022, City Council identified housing as a priority area for 2023. Council expressed a desire to understand our housing landscape challenges, opportunities, and the needs of the community. In the 2030 Envision Woodland Park Comprehensive Plan, the housing goal identified by the community reads, provide a balanced and diverse housing supply that is well designed, well maintained, and available to all citizens throughout the entire community. In early 2023, it was determined that the the next logical step would be the performance of a housing needs assessment. The city solicited proposals from consulting firms, receiving five proposals. After completing interviews, the city awarded the contract to Points Consulting out of Idaho. One of the primary objectives of conducting a housing needs assessment survey is to obtain an accurate and comprehensive understanding of the community's housing requirements. This process involves collecting professional quantitative and qualitative data that city council could use to make informed decisions about housing. By evaluating factors such as population growth, household income, And affordability, the survey can determine the extent to which current housing stock meets the needs of residents. This analysis helps identify segments of the population facing the most acute housing challenges, such as low-income families, seniors, or young professionals. Many of these folks are needed to fill positions in local businesses critical to our local economy, including woodland parks, schools, hospitals, shops, and restaurants. In addition to providing crucial insights for policymakers, a housing needs assessment survey also encourages community engagement and participation. It allows residents to voice their concerns, share their experiences, And contribute to the dialogue surrounding housing issues. Involving community members in the survey process ensures a sense of ownership and collective responsibility can be fostered, leading to more effective and inclusive solutions. The city needs the public's help to complete the community survey. The survey was developed by the consultant to be quick and simple, taking less than 10 minutes to complete. It was designed to gauge input of current housing needs, identify barriers to obtaining housing, pinpoint favor in types of homes needed by the community, and other such inputs. These inputs from the survey and other community engagement opportunities will be included in the final housing needs assessment and will be will best inform the consultant of recommendations and strategies needed attention in woodland park in small and growing communities housing needs assessments play a vital role in understanding the dynamics of the local housing market, identifying gaps, and prioritizing resources. These assessments are crucial for planning future growth, promoting affordable housing, and informing policy and decision-making processes. By conducting thorough housing needs assessments, small communities can address their housing challenges and foster inclusivity, and ensure that residents have access to safe, affordable, and suitable housing options. Every community member is encouraged to complete the survey, offering their perspective on housing needs in Woodland Park. The survey will remain open for responses through July 20, 2023. To access the survey, please visit what's up Woodland Park at HTTPS colon slash slash whats up woodland park dot com slash woodland dash park dash housing dash needs dash assessment. The next article is entitled Chef Barry DeCake to open restaurant in Chamonix Casino and Hotel, written by Pat Hill. When Chef Barry S DeCake and his business partner, Yassine Yubi, hit town in December, a culinary gusher will erupt in Cripple Creek. The partners have signed a contract with Full House Resorts to open a restaurant in the Chamonix Hotel and Casino. The two bring a Las Vegas East Coast vibe to Cripple Creek. Enthusiastic, energetic, quick, warm, and in sync. Dekake and Yubi plan a grand opening with the culinary team from their Las Vegas restaurant in the Circa Hotel, Barry's prime downtown dining. For now, Dekake and Yubi are lining up the purveyors of meat, fish, and produce. We're going to have a pretty exciting food and cocktail menu with tableside cooking in the dining room, Dukake said. Luby handles the operations and financial sides of the partnership. In jumping into the Cripple Creek gustatory adventure, the two took a gamble, betting the odds for a small town somewhat remote in the Colorado mountains. The idea began with an invitation from a customer, Dan Lee, chief executive officer and president of Full House, which also owns Bronco Billy's Hotel and Casino in Cripple Creek. We know Dan. He came into the restaurant a couple of times, saying he's doing this project in Cripple Creek, Dakake said. The only time I ever heard of Cripple Creek, was in a song. Intrigued, the two agreed to do the research. We came here. There was nothing here yet. We looked at each other and said, what the heck, Dukake said. But Dan is a visionary, and I believe him. And after meeting Baxter, we said, let's do this. We've got a shot here. Baxter Lee is the general manager of Bronco Billies and the Chamonix. The two Lees are not related. For Dukake, the Cripple Creek venture in the mountains is another notch in a career that took off after he earned a culinary degree from the Rhode Island School of Design. In a career ascent that began with a training gig with Chef Charlie Palmer, At the Ariel restaurant in New York City, Dakake endured the hard knocks. I hated it. It was like boot camp, the Marine Corps, he said. They push you to your limits because you're young. They want to break you because if they don't break you, they make you. So I made it through six months of hell. Back home in Rhode Island, Dukake was hired as chef for the Providence Bruins, the AHL affiliate for the NHL Boston Bruins. In a dramatic turn, Decaque was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and suffered through chemotherapy radiation treatments. Throughout his career, Decaque and Luby go where the opportunities sound enticing. Therefore, when Palmer invited the two to come to Las Vegas to open the Ariel in the Mandalay Bay Hotel, they packed up and moved. At the time, the hotel was still under construction. Concerned about his health, Takake asked to be the line cook rather than the head chef. But I knew once I got out there, and if I start rolling, that's it. I was going to take the city over by storm, he said. Within six months, Dukake took on the role of executive sous chef, leading the restaurant to earn several Michelin Stars and James Beard Award. Lured away by the Palms Hotel and Casino, the partners helped open N9NE Steakhouse, where Dukake served as the executive sous chef. In October 2020, the two opened Barry's Prime in the Circa Hotel, where they met Dan Lee. Barry and his team are known for creating restaurants with amazing guest service and equally amazing cuisine, Lee said in a press release. We look forward to welcoming our first guests to what we believe will be the most unique casino destination in Colorado. The grand opening of the Chamonix is scheduled for December 26. To date, the team has not decided on a name for the restaurant. The next article is entitled Cog Railway Offering First Ever Sunrise Train Ride with a Benefit Cause, written by Odell Isaac. The Broadmoor Manitou and Pikes Peak Cog Railway is offering interested patrons a unique opportunity to view a sunrise over the plains of eastern Colorado from the top of America's mountain. The first ever sunrise train ride will depart from the Manitou Springs Railway Station on July 21 at 4.30 a.m., officials said. The date coincides with National Parks and Recreation Day, a celebration of the park employees who help optimize the outdoor experience. A portion of the proceeds from the early morning ride will benefit the Manitou Springs Carnegie Library renovation project. The library building was closed to the public in 2020 when it was found to be out of compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act, according to Manitou Springs Mayor John Graham. It's a beautiful building, but it was built in 1910, Graham said. We need to make it more accessible so it can reopen, because it's always been an important resource. The renovation is a pretty critical project for the community. A primary goal of the project is to make the building's common spaces more accessible to patrons with disabilities, while maintaining most of the historic architecture, officials said. Earlier this year, Graham began a series of conversations with Ted Johnson, the Cog Railway's general manager, after Johnston expressed a desire for the railway to become more involved with the Manitou Springs community. He mentioned helping with the fundraiser for the Carnegie Project project and said he wanted to get the COG involved in other ways as well, Graham said. I think it's a nice cooperative gesture for the COG to work with us on something that's genuinely important to our community. Anyone interested in purchasing tickets for the morning ride can visit the COG Railway website, select July 21 on the calendar, and choose the 4.30 a.m. sunrise train time. Our next article is entitled Dude Ranch Film Wins National Award, written by Pat Hill. A documentary film produced by the Ute Pass Historical Society won first place in its category in the Orlando International Film Festival. In addition, Dude Ranches in the Shadow of Pikes Peak was accepted for entry into the 2024 Cine Paris Film Festival. The brainchild of Donna Fidunkel, president of the Historical Society and documentary, tells the story of five ranches and their owners in Teller County. We narrowed it down to five. There are a lot of ranches here, said Pat Heislop, a volunteer with the Society. Our goal is to preserve and share our story. Rob Adriel, who lives in Woodland Park, directed the film and wrote the script based on the information provided by the Historical Society in addition to his own research. Narrated by Adriel's wife, Christy Cole, who is the dude and Charlie Chambers, the wrangler, the two provide background for the story. The film came together because we had all the right people Finnacle said. Charlie knew Rob because they had done a film together in Africa. Motivated by the coronavirus pandemic, when many in the community remained sheltered at home, Finical hoped to continue to share the area's history. Nobody was coming into the museum, so I thought, we have to do something, she said. I thought this was a way to reach an audience because they weren't doing anything else. Adrielle filmed the documentary in appropriate locations, such as a bar in Cripple Creek and the Triple B Ranch in Woodland Park. Ranches featured in the film are The Skeleton, the oldest one in the area, Brockhurst in Green Mountain Falls, Triple B, Herman, and Clark ranches in Divide. The dude ranches promoted the mystique of the West that started with the dime novels and movies about the Wild West, Hyslop said. People from all over the world signed up for the dude ranch experience, for the fresh air, home cooking, and cool temperatures. Even Teddy Roosevelt came to a dude ranch, Hyslop said. Thrilled with the international recognition, Finnacle remains rather stunned. I'm still having trouble believing it, she said. Who would have thought? Over the past year, the filmmakers presented Dude Ranches at the local movie theater in Gold Hill Square North. This week, the film is at 5 p.m., July 12, and at 11 a.m., July 15, at Gold Hill. Admission is $7. The next article is entitled Animal Rights Group Files Lawsuit Against Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. The lawsuit claims five elephants have been neglected, seeks to have them relocated. Zoo says group is known for wasting credible organizations' time and money. Written by Abby Suka. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo is facing litigation from an animal rights organization calling for the zoo to send its African elephants to a sanctuary. The Non-Human Rights Project, known as NHRP, filed a 376-page petition on June 28, naming the zoo's five beloved aging African elephants as plaintiffs in a suit against the zoo attempting to get the elephant population removed from zoo custody. Cheyenne Mountain Zoo responded with a news release Friday, calling the NHRP an organization known in the zoo industry for wasting credible organizations' time and money, and said the group was using litigation as a way to gain public attention for their misguided claims. NHRP, an animal activist organization based in Coral Springs, Florida, has been active since 1995 and is dedicated solely to securing rights for non-human animals, according to the organization's website. In May and June 2022, the activist organization sued the Fresno-Chafee Zoo and the Bronx Zoo over the treatment of elephants kept in those zoos. NHRP lost both cases. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo disputes claims of neglect toward the five elephants Jambo, Missy, Lulu, Kimba, and Lucky, citing a highly dedicated team carrying a collective 65 years of experience who work with the small herd. We dedicate four full time keepers most days to care for the five elephants, according to the release the team consistently studies our elephants' behaviors and adjusts their care programs to provide more of what they positively respond to. In both social media and on its petition page, NHRP claims that the elephants, born in the wild but taken into captivity decades ago before being being brought to the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, have been observed engaging in behavior indicative of trauma, and chronic stress. The zoo, in its rebuttal, says the herd is given considerable space to roam in its enclosure, including an additional nearly two-acre yard not visible to guests, and that handlers work to provide the best care possible as they age with dignity. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo website says it has raised more than $4.5 million dedicated to frontline conservation efforts around the world and has been an accredited member of the Association of Zoos and Aquariums for more than 35 years. The NHRP has yet to respond to the Gazette's request for comment. Thank you for joining us for the Pikes Peak Courier.